All right, everybody, welcome to On Grade, episode four. I got both the Lukes on here tonight from Luke Payne, and I got Luke Eggerbotten on here. I'm going to let yep. them introduce themselves. So go ahead and take the take it over, gentlemen. Luke with Black Iron Dirt and Western. And I'm Luke with uh, Phaser Marketing and Dirtwork Marketing. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about your background, uh, Luke Payne, and then Luke Eggerbotten, whenever you Luke gets done, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves and your businesses. So I own two companies, uh, Black Iron Dirt and Western Excavation. Black Iron's based out of Fargo, North Dakota, and then Western Excavation's based out of Bismarck, North Dakota. Um, Black Iron's kind of more of a residential excavation company, and then our Western side is going to be more commercial-based. Uh, we do a lot of traveling for that, so a lot bigger projects on the Western side, and then just homes and you know, residential stuff on the black iron side. Yeah, and I'm on the other side of the construction industry where uh, I own a marketing agency, uh, Phaser Marketing, and we only work with excavation contractors across the country. Uh, I also am a co-host and partner with Luke on the Dirt Bags podcast. Uh, big shout out to the podcast. And then also uh, I own a racing company, so we do a lot of dirt, um, drag racing, things like that. But uh, my main business is phaser marketing and, you know, really dove into that with Luke mm -hmm. two or three years ago now when he started Black Iron, I started phaser and I, you know, we kind of just started working together, uh, but we build websites, do SEO and run paid ads for all of our excavation clients, uh, across the country. Well, that's awesome guys. Um, so how long have you guys been in business for yourselves? Ooh. 2018 is when I started my first company, we'll call it, and that was Black Iron. Um, you know, so what is that? Six years almost? Five, six years? Uh, four. Four years. Here for 2023, <laughs> it would be five. 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's a dirty guy, bro. We're not good at It's December 21st, Luke. We're, we're going into the new year. Come on. We can hey, I didn't want to jump. I didn't want to jump the gun, but I had to. Thanks for correcting me. Hey, we, uh, we can only read tense rulers and blueprints. Don't have exactly. To I'm not the greatest right now. I got calculators for that shit. Yeah, and uh, and I started Phaser technically on paper in 2019 uh, in October, but you know we didn't get our first client um, until 2020 early on, and went full time with it in 2021 in August. Uh, so really been rolling here the last year and a half, uh, but have been in marketing now for about six years and really have dove into the dirt world. Uh, I'd say over the last, since Luke and I started working together. So over the last two, three years. That's awesome guys. And uh, it's awesome to see young entrepreneurs, you know, nowadays it's becoming a very more common thing to see these days with uh, younger generation wanting to start their own business. You know, the old school way of doing something isn't always the best way to do it. Um, I have to remind myself with some of my older guys that work for me that I have to go. I know y'all did this in the eighties, but Hey, this doesn't translate to 2022. We have GPS, yeah. we have all this technology and we're not utilizing it. Um, a prime example is six months ago, we started running rockin, which is a bill reporting software. It's kind of like yeah. ACCS, but I'm broke yep. and I can't afford that. So that's that. expensive. Oh yeah. 40 grand for, Four keys, so I was like, yeah, well, yeah, no that's on the bucket list for like yeah. two years down the road. So, um, but for us, it's been like, you know, just getting them to fill out quantities on the stuff. It's like, well, I want to do it on paper. I'm like, well, you know, by the time it gets to the office, 
someone loses it, you spill coffee on it, you don't know where we're at on the job. So Correct. it's it's super frustrating. Um, but that's you what I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I was no. like, can we just embrace technology, guys? You already know how to use your smartphone. I see you playing on Facebook all day. It's not hard to, you know, run a software just to report some quantities. So Correct. Um what are you guys looking to build with the Dirt Bags podcast? Because I will be the first to admit it. Andres follows y'all. I personally follow you, and Iron Eagle follows you. Okay. And my guys love your show. Uh, I played it in one of the meetings the other day uh, for Foreman's, and it was the one about uh, be a plate man, you know. Uh, I keep this kid friendly, by the way, for YouTube. So There you go. That's good. Yeah. Uh, we can – do what we need to do, you know, word-wise. Yeah. I'll bookmark it so I know where to edit it out for the YouTube you video. We'll, uh, we'll keep it PG for you. <laughs> when it goes on Spotify, whatever, dude. Let it go. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I've already clicked that, explicit on the, my Spotify account. <laughs> there you go. The, the Be a Dang Good Man episode has been yeah. one that we've heard from a lot of people. Even my dad and, and other people out there, they're like, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I saw the title. And then after listening to it, they're like, there's a lot of good points made there. And I think Luke and I didn't even have a plan going into that. We just started going and all of a sudden we went back and we're like, what do you want to title this? And I think there's one title in mind and, and we just said, let's go for it. We both disagreed on it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny when I tell people the name of ours and they're like, on grade, I'm like, think about it. It's the most key thing you have to do in any job. Like yep. you can move 10,000 yards of dirt in a day. That's great. But can you blue top? Scan blue top ain't worth crap as a dirt contractor. It's no. like it's like literally being in a band and you can play the music but you can't sing it. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean that's the best equivalent I've ever heard. Of. Uh, old man told me that once actually. That was a good one. <laughs> I like that one. Um, so what is the biggest thing you're looking to build with Dirtbags Podcast? Like, what are you wanting to do with it? Are you guys trying to? encourage the next generation are you trying to i think i can answer this one first luke i think there's the the main reason we started it was basically to form a connection base we noticed there was a lot of people missing key parts in their business and they didn't know how to find them to where luke and i we we would you know say that we are both pretty pretty well accredited with different you know different people that we know and who they know um, as like a referral source. So that's kind of where the dirt bags came about to where we want to help people work with really good people. Um, and then it's kind of developed into, you know, I wouldn't say that we're a podcast to help you start your company, but I think we're a podcast to help you with your company when you're, you know, up and running. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Luke. And Brandon, I didn't mean to step on your toes there. Um, and uh, Luke, I think one one thing to point out too is when we started the Dirtbags podcast, it wasn't the traditional way of, oh, let's start a podcast. This will be fun. We'll just kind of, you know, talk and, you know, do whatever, have some guests on. But we actually went into it with a business mindset. And I think that's what, you know, maybe is a little different with Luke and I is we try and think like, how can we make money doing this? How yeah. can we add value? How can we turn this into a very successful business? And I think that's very important because making money in business is not bad because the more money you make, the more resources you have to pour right back into it. So 
in the dirt bag sense, I mean, the more money we make in that on that platform, the more giveaways we can do, the more we can invest into our partners, the more we can, you know, bring people in, bring in bigger guests, do bigger webinars, different things like that. So um, when we kind of came at it with that mentality, everyone that listens is backing us on that. They're like, you know, go get it. Like, we'll keep listening. We'll keep supporting. We want to see this thing blow up instead of just kind of stay surface level which luke and i try to avoid at all costs i love that you guys have that drive i have the same drive too and i was telling y'all it was kind of the same thing for me the problem i had was we're moving um i went through a really rough patch in 21 my company and i had to step back and kind of consolidate a few things and had to bring in key people and those people are now finally in place and so i'm i'm able to finally go let's roll you know, and I, as you guys, we talked in pre-production meetings that we had, you know, I've invested some money into the studio and getting everything the way I want it to, because I want to deliver a good product because I do want to make a little side yeah. hustle money with this, because this could be help me down the road by a dozer or, you know, give the guys a really awesome Christmas bonus or, you know, get them gear, get them, get exposure for our company. Things, things yeah, they get exposure for right our company elsewhere. around the country because, um, you know, I know Mulchlet's excavation in Pennsylvania because they have a huge yep. social media presence. I would have never heard of those guys unless yep. I saw their social media posts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a company here called Dow Dirt. They're blowing up, and those guys are awesome. I, I don't know them. Um, I know a lot of people that know them that know me hear great things about them but yep. they've blown up because of the social media presence because of what forest has done for them and it's just it's awesome yep, to yep. see that so you know for the longest time i was doing everything myself because i'm that guy i'm like oh i'll figure out how to do it i made a few videos on youtube you know iron eagle does have a youtube channel but i haven't posted anything in a while it's just I haven't had the time so what i try to do is i look at it in a different sense maybe than y'all do a little bit about it i go I don't have the funds right now to build it the way I want it to, but I'm at least going to put my foot forward to try to build it into something. Yeah, it might not be in the next five years, but it's going to eventually take off the way I want it to. So that's why I like to have guys on the show because I get ideas from them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been a YouTube guy for years. I mean, I love YouTube. You know, I was working in the oil field be sitting on a derrick or something waiting on concrete pump and this is what i watched i went on youtube and watched the stuff about i'm a big motorcycle guy so i'm really into motorcycles so i've watched the motorcycle podcasts and stuff like that and was like dude i should do this you know about oil field or what i do for a living you know because there are tons of guys out there that would love to watch this kind of stuff and go wow i'm not the only one that thinks this way (laughs) yeah and Brandon, I want to challenge you on that a little bit too, because, uh, and you're such a nice guy and I, I can totally feel that. And I, with the, the podcast you're talking about, it's almost like that. Why not go out? And because when you're, you already have the heart of, I want to deliver valuable content to our listeners. And if you're doing that, your listeners are going to grow through growth. You're going to have sponsorship opportunities like why not go do that? And I think it's going to come a lot quicker than you think when you talk about the five years because you have that at the start. It's like you want to deliver valuable content to your listeners. I think when you have that in each episode, that's going to get you a lot further, a lot quicker 
And yeah, before you know it, especially if your eyes are open to these opportunities and, you know, bringing in some side income, it's going to come, you know, real quick. And that's all I want to do is I want to build something special, you know, because this, this world is a, a, a deal of relationships. This entire industry, construction, yeah. Facebook, YouTube groups, all this. It's just networking. If you are willing to put in the time and effort to reach out to somebody, yeah, you might get shot down 50 times, but it's that 51st time that they're going to go, yeah, we'll give you a shot. And that's yeah, how I cool. built my business. You know, I, uh, I was originally in a partnership with two other guys that didn't go the way I wanted it to, and I left that company. It's still around. Um, but um, I said – I took a year off. I went and repoed cars. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I saw the other business that it's a very lucrative business doing that. Unfortunately, it's terrible to say that way, but you can actually make a dang good living doing it. Um, but I got tired of working all night long, um, never being home. I worked 12 hour days, six days a week. And I just was like, I'm not getting anywhere. And when I had to go in the bad part of town, round start flying at my repo truck, I'm like, okay. You know, maybe I should go back to doing what I know how to do. So I uh I went and started Iron Eagle and initially the plan was because my buddy he uh he owns a skid steer and a little D four and a tandem dump truck. I was like, Man, I'm gonna kinda follow that business model. No overhead, low overhead, you know, just go out and estimate two days a week and do jobs three days a week and you can make a dang good living doing that. That's what a lot of guys do. I know a ton of guys that do that. One of my best friends yeah. from high school does that. He does great at it. And he Yeah. I mean, there ain't nobody in town that can touch him on a driveway price. I mean, I've just for the heck of it bid against him. I can't even touch him. I'm like, dude, I, I can't touch you, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I always yeah, recommend yeah, him yeah, if people yeah. call us, you know, you know how it is, Luke. Some Sometimes people call you yeah. about little jobs that you're like, I'm sorry, this sounds terrible, but this is too small of a job for me, and it's not cocky. Mm-hmm. You're not even going to pay my fuel bill this week, so uh, yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want to offend you. Man, it's number, terrible you know? to be that way. And mo- most people get that when yeah. you say that. I, and I don't think it's bad at all. I think you're just no. very upfront, and you're you're not one to waste their time. To where other contractors would be like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll God, give you a yeah. price, and then they don't mm-hmm. hear from them for two weeks, you know, and then they're trying to pester and pester and. That's when you get it. That's when you get mm-hmm. a bad name, and you know relationship starts. Kind what of are through. you guys seeing the most biggest issue besides manpower? Everybody's talking about manpower. I think we've got manpower through the ass. We understand that. Oh, we like those. All right, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, what what are you guys you. seeing besides the manpower issue being the biggest headache right now for? construction in general i think it's the attitudes i think people's attitudes have gotten they've gotten very sour and that's not even in like the construction industry space i'll you know i'll i'll take this in ex- as an example i love qdoba burritos i don't know if you guys have they closed or all anything, of them up like two years ago dude i don't know why but well, when i lived in, dude, when i lived in colorado and arizona dude those things were bomb i tell everybody it kicks, it kicks the so shit bad. out of chipotle dude so oh, oh i hate chipotle yeah, that's I all we chipotle. got down here we got the three birds and chipotle yeah, you got, you got to come up to North Dakota. Oh, I worked. Plenty in, of I've been to Williston a few times. Practice few holes up there. Where, oh yeah, so. hell yeah. The Williston. old Williston. Oh boy, taking some of my money. 
There you go. There you go. But like for using that as an example, like you come in and there is no customer service. There is no personal touch. It is you are an inconvenience to be there because they have to do something to work. And I feel like that kind of mentality is kind of taken over some of the workforce, right? To where, and it, and it boils down into entitlement as well, to where everybody thinks they deserve more and more and more, and nobody is willing to put their boots on the ground and to show why they deserve more, right? They just, it's just kind of an expectation now. Yeah, Luke, I was going to definitely touch on that uh, entitlement. And yeah. a good example that I have is, we're, we're just on a call. Uh, one of our um, clients is Anderson Septic. Uh, they only do septic. And they their whole family was on the call. It was like the most wholesome call. And basically, they Luke, you and I talk about this all the time. They just said, like, we're just not jerks to people. We show up. We shake their hand. We say, this is who you're going to work with. Come into the office. And their clients will ask or their customers will ask, well, can my kids come watch? And they're like, absolutely. absolutely. And they'll, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing how far that can get you. And it obviously plays into attitude as well, but just that don't be a jerk. And it's amazing how far that can take you. But um, the entitlement, I see that more so on the employee side of things. Um, so we've seen a lot of that with, within our companies or our clients' companies. And um, it's a some cancer. people think, yeah, some people think they deserve more and they don't want to climb that ladder and they, they just want it now because of what they see online or on social media. So a lot of times that can help things, but sometimes it can also give them a false sense of what they need to work for. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing too on my end, um, I'm sure Luke Payne will agree on this, is I'm dealing with guys that are, you know, the clients I have now. If I get a really good old school project manager and a project superintendent, I'm gonna make money on that job. If I gotta, yep, I'm gonna bring it to the max cheapest way to do this job, and then you're gonna get pissed at me because I have to send you 50 change orders because you keep changing crap, and you go, well, I don't understand why it costs so much for this. I'm like, well, because you should have just taken the original price, and we could have had this done a month ago for half the cost right now right that's the thing i'm seeing right and the other thing i'm seeing too is yeah the supply shortages are kind of starting to work themselves out diesel's going down a little bit um but still like i can't get any iron can't buy any right now i mean you're paying twice what you paid for some a year ago um easily easily um Mm -hmm. You know, I've never, I, I was the guy who was like, I'm not renting anymore. I bought everything. I'm not renting. Now I'm blowing, you know, I'm getting bigger. I'm growing and I'm going, I'm having to rent again. Yep. And it's like the rental guys are brutal. They're like, dude, if you don't have me to check at 35 days, I'm, you know, sending a notice. It's like, guys, I ain't got paid yet. Now give me a break. And uh, so I think the hardest thing too, though, is, is like we're having a trucking shortage down here because there's just so much work going on. So you're paying like three yeah. or four more dollars a yard for something just to get trucks, just so you oh, can get production. Yeah, it's terrible. That really eats into your oh, dude, it's, your overhead's gone. I mean, and they got the other ten percent in retainage, so it's like, you know, what are you gonna do? So you'll see that in 180 yeah, days. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that yet, yeah. but if we're gonna go there, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm seeing. 9120 right now. I've 
been having to file liens like it's going to. Me and my lawyer have been on the phone every day this week so far. It's been great. Um, what about you on your end? We're, I mean, people yeah. are slow to pay. I mean, average right now, we're probably, I would say that 60 to 120 is where we see most of our invoices come in. And the, the problem with that from what we're seeing is we just have to take it. There's nothing that we can do in order to speed up that payment process. So we've been trying to figure out, you know, different ideas, um, whether it's we collect half up right away and then within like the last day of the project, you know, an invoice is sent and is like this or, you know, I don't even know. I was just basically spitballing. But, yeah, people are very slow to pay and it, and it sucks because that kills your cash flow. That kills, you know, the business owner's stamina because they're looking at their bank accounts and they're like, holy fuck, how are we going to make these 30 days work? But you might have 150000 sitting out in receivables, right? But, you, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough world and I don't know how to fix it. I got to tell you all something real quick, Luke. I want to talk to you about this as well because you're on the other end of it, but you're still seeing it because you have to deal with clients that do this for a living. I went to a really cool thing. I wish you guys could have came to town for it. There was about three months ago, or no, sorry, it was a month ago. That's how bad my memory is right now. Stress level is a little up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So me and my project manager went to a – it's like a, they had a thing from a, a funding company that I'm very close with the owner of it. I don't get funding through him, but he's just a great guy. He posts a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. Yep. And there's a utility contractor down here that I'm really tight with, um, their owner. And uh, he invited us out to it. It was a it was an invitation-only kind of deal. And we went to it, and uh, they, had, uh, they had developers there. They had the bank there. And these guys are sitting on a panel. And then they had the rest of the subs and general contractors and owners and stuff sitting in the back. And they had, a, you know, and it was a really nice place. It was in this plaza place in downtown Dallas. And so I'm, I walk in, and of course, I'm underdressed. I'm wearing a freaking polo and starch jeans, and everybody's got suits on. And I'm like, this is not my crowd, but okay, we're going to try here. So <laughs> <laughs> then I saw the, then I saw the guys in jeans and boots, and I went, I'm going to sit with those guys. So. I, yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah. So, anyways, they have great talks about how to kind of work on this whole payment issue, right? And they had the one developer that was up there was a residential developer, and he says, "Well, we don't have this issue." And he goes, "I can go to the bank and pull a draw in days, you know." And the GC that was sitting up there was from a very large GC here in Dallas that I've worked for too. Great company. They're good people. They'll pay you if they ain't been paid. That's the, the kind of guys they are. And <laughs> so he's sitting there. He looks over at him. He goes, I didn't come work for you, right? You know, but this guy's just building houses, right? <laughs> so I said to him, and this is something Luke Eggerbot is going to agree with me about, is I brought up the point of Arizona's construction law. And everybody in the room's mouth dropped. I swear to God, you could have heard a cricket in there. The banker didn't know what to say. The other developers didn't know what to say. They had no ar argument. They were like, oh, how did he figure that? The, the what draws? The Arizona, Arizona draws? So in the state of Arizona, I worked out there. So in the state of Arizona, you cannot yep. start a job with a general contractor until you file a lien. Secondly, it's actually a criminal matter in Arizona, not a civil matter. 
And you have to be a licensed contractor wow. in the state of Arizona, whereas Texas, it's like the wild freaking west. The only guys that got to be licensed. It's, it's yeah. anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, if you can get a business yeah. license, yeah, you can I mean, do what you want. The you only ones that operate. don't yeah. are electricians, plumbers, and HVAC guys. They have to be licensed. So I brought really? up the point of what is the big deal with all of us coming up with two lousy grand a year to get bonded to the state and pay another two or three yep. grand to get licensed? Because that'll get rid of all these bad actors, dude. They'll get rid of all these bad actor contractors, yeah. subcontractors, suppliers, all this crap. And I said in 60 days in Arizona, you can go to the district attorney's office and be like, I haven't been paid. And as long as you can prove it, you can actually file criminal charges against the developer. And I think it was the DP. I don't remember. Uh, but I worked for a few contractors out there. and They didn't have a problem getting paid. They don't have a problem. They didn't have I'm sure not not with yeah. that not with and contracting. I'm holding so I brought that up and I was approached by someone and they said, Hey, we're working on trying to change some things here in Texas and I said, Awesome. And yeah, I said, uh so can I have you on my show? <laughs> and he of course goes, No. You know, he's like No. So I'm not gonna name names, but um I'm not I'm not a snitch. But anyways, the good thing is, is there's a lot of people that are getting tired of it with money that also have money that are going, yep. okay, you guys want to keep jerking people around. That's fine. We're going to change the laws and you're going to start getting held accountable for this because there's a lot of people out there that are working their tails off. They're paying their guys. They're paying their bills. They're doing everything they possibly can to keep their companies afloat and people are just taking advantage of it. I got a GC right now that owes me money. I had to file a lien on their job. They sent me an email today to come back and do work. That's really. That's how bad it's. Uh, we'll come do the work as soon as we're paid, and then we're gonna take fifty yeah, percent. That's how bad it has gotten yeah. here, like down here especially. I don't know about y'all, but it's really sad. Um, and Luke can kind of attest to that Arizona stuff I was talking about. But a lot of the contractors out there, they just don't have the cash flow issues. At least when I was out there, I don't know if it's changed, Luke. You might be able to fill me in better, but. It doesn't seem like it's changed much. Yeah, and they're building like crazy too. Ben, Luke, do, how is it in North Dakota? I don't even know. Like, do you need do you need to be licensed? Oh yeah, you got to be licensed. You got to have a okay. business license. But again, it's it's super easy to get a business license. You know, you pay right in, in North Dakota. You pay four hundred dollars to get a Class A license, and you are you are then licensed to do any project over five hundred thousand. Damn. Oh wow. Yeah, it's I'm. There, there's obviously different like codes per class. Like you have plumbers, HVAC, sure. mechanical. Those take different licenses. But as far as like a like one from the state, yeah, four hundred bucks is what you pay. You file your LLC for two hundred and fifty bucks, and you're off to the races. You know, so it's not hard. That's for sure. I will say though, like where we're from, general contractors are pretty good. There's a couple bad eggs, obviously, like anywhere. Um, but everybody knows everybody, and so I feel like. There's a lot of reputations on the line to where as soon as you get one squeaky wheel, you're going to get more. So people try to uphold the best they can. Where we see a lot of our cash flow or like really late payments is from the residential side. That's why I almost I'm, – I'm thinking about cutting the residential side almost completely. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's – but at the same time to their end, what is holding them accountable? Oh, right? Yeah. We, did a, we did a project for a guy, and we did everything he asked for it. Um, but he's like, yeah, here's your check. And I'm like, no, you're you're half short here. And he goes, well, I'm not going to pay the other half. 
I'm like, yes, you are. And he goes, well, it, there's no way it cost you this much. I'm like, well, I gave you a bid. Okay. Oh, and I said, you accepted what he's bid. trying to pull. And he's like, no, no, I saw how much material you brought in. You didn't bring in all the material that you said you did. I said, no, I brought in more, and I'll show you the receipts for it. You know, but he still hasn't paid us. But I, it, that's just the mentality of a lot of these, like, homeowners around here. I'm like, weird. You must have some huge stones on you. I'm sorry. That's PG, but I'm just like, I what? I would never say that to anybody. I think the funniest thing I'm seeing, <laughs> the funniest one I've ever heard, I bet a job about five years ago when we first started up, or four years ago, I apologize, and I bid a pond for a guy. And I said, hey, I'm going to bring in some riprap for you to make your dams and stuff. And he said, okay, cool. And I think I bid it like 60 tons of rock. It wasn't much. It was like three loads. Yep. And so they bring out two. And my guy spread it out. And we didn't need a third. So mm-hmm. I go, hey, man, I'll be able to credit the load back to you. He goes, well, how much is that? I said, oh, it's like 400 bucks. And he's like, well, well that, that's not enough. I'm like, okay, well, that's what the material cost. He's like, well, you're not going to give me back your yeah. labor and time and all that? I'm like, no. You're gonna get the material cut. No, it's it's still it yeah, wouldn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like, you're gonna get the yeah, material what? back, and that's it. So, anyways, we get in arguments yeah. in front of out of the job, and he's like, "Well, I'm not gonna yeah. pay you." I said, "Okay, that's cool. I'm gonna take my rip rat back." And he said, "What?" I said, "Yeah, load it up." So I told my guys get the damn excavator fired up, and get a truck out here and load it up. We'll take it to another job, and make a rock entrance out of it, and so. About two Absolutely, seconds yeah. after that bucket went to touch the rock, he goes, all right, I'll give you a check. I said, what the hell's up? You know? I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not – it's terrible. You got to do like this nowadays, man. It's just like – And you're the bad oh, guy dude, for If you watch the news, man, there's always like the I investigate stuff. And they're always like, this contractor walked off the job. And he, I, he, I gave him $30,000. And you walk in there and like three-quarters of the kitchen's done. But they're trying to show you the one bad spot it's not. And they're like – well, you know, he stiffed me $30,000. It's like, dude, the cabinets alone cost twenty, bro. I know how much this stuff costs, and he probably had ten grand of labor Correct. that he already got paid for. No. Correct. Yeah, I saw I saw a video a couple days ago, actually. It was somebody had used a roll-off dumpster, and they didn't pay their bill, so the guy brought it back and dumped everything dumped in their yard, and he's like, yep, pay your bill. So, it, yeah. That was on TikTok. I think I saw that one too. So I saw yeah. one, one time this guy was just a belly dump. It was like this really nice office, and the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm bringing you your dirt." And he starts belly dumping dirt right in the front of their office, like locking the door in. It was glorious. Drove it, it, belly dump straight on the sidewalk. No the cares. <laughs> yep. Didn't pay their bill, so he brought the dirt in. Hell yeah. Good for him. Wait and make you know make the statement. I don't think there's any shame of doing that if people are gonna screw you. Sorry, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. There was prizes. a guy about five years ago down here that got, um, well, it was longer than that. But I was talking to my superintendent. He's an older gentleman. He's been doing dirt work in Dallas for since the 70s. He's at Cargill anyway. Yep. Old school as they come, but, dude, the dude is awesome. I mean, I can't – never seen a track loader handle like this guy. And he tells me about a guy that stiffed um, one of the companies he worked for. And uh, it wasn't the actual company he was working for, but there was another sub on the job. Well, the GC, this is back in the old days, so this tells you how long ago it was. It was back when they used to pay you out of the job trailer. When the, when the superintendent oh, yeah, bought yeah, the yeah. job out and, you know, he handled yep. everything. You know, the superintendent on the job did everything. Well, he told the guy, I'm not going to yep. pay him for this change order, even though the guy had done the work. I guess it was 
some duct work or something. But he's like, hey, it looks like crap's not paying me for it. He's like, okay, bet. So I went back to his truck, locks the door to the GC trailer. They didn't find a piece of him. They just found blood everywhere in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That happened wow. like a few years ago. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, you know, you start messing with. Yeah. Holy like, cow. Yeah. You guys do it well down it, there. It, Holy it, shit. Yeah. The Watch out. State, brother. We don't play down here, but, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> um, I tell guys that story, though, and they're like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, down here is. Yeah, we, that's the reason why people got signs up to say that we don't dial 911 down here. There's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, they just shoot. Um, biggest thing that I want to talk to you guys about the podcast, though, that was getting a lighter topic, but. <laughs> um, what is. Who's been the most fun person you guys have interviewed so far, would you say? I don't think I can pick like one because everybody has been fun in their own way and everybody's had a different impact so i don't think there's one that i like more than the other i will say i think my favorite podcasts that we record are where it's just luke and i and we're like we don't know what we're going to talk about but we're just gonna let her fly you know that's been three of them so far and i've had a blast Dude, I, I, those. yeah i think those those are some of my favorites because yeah. it luke and i i mean we've been talking business we've been friends for so long and we just we don't need a script we don't need anything we're just like all right pour a couple stiff ones like let's get after it here and those are my favorites but um you know some of the ones that we have on i I always like to learn something in the podcast so like we'll do enough research but it's also like a lot of times the questions we ask it's i genuinely don't know the answer to and they're yeah they're raw questions i'm like and we try to say, okay, hold, stop right there. Can we go deeper into that? Like, give me numbers, give me timestamps. Like, let's dive into this. And yeah, I mean, we've we've had some insane guests, and it's funny because if you look back to some of our early ones, it's almost like I want to have those ones back on because yeah. even like our first podcast was with you know Aaron Witt and Luke and I didn't really have this whole vision for the dirt bags yet. You know, we we had a little bit of it, and we. We're like, we just got to get out there and record. And so it'd be fun to, with what we've learned, with what how the podcast has progressed, like to have some of these um, people back on. And, and this, you know, we, we just had our first recurring guest back on in Dylan Mercier because his episode, his original episode was all about employee, being an employee. Yeah. And then shortly after the podcast launched, he was not an employee anymore. So that, uh, that all changed. Yeah. I think yeah. I will say I think the person that went the deepest was probably James Doyle with Innovative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably the one that really dove in the best. Or um Brian too. He went pretty deep, which is fun. Yeah, but that wasn't personal, right? That true. was more yeah, like that's generally true. speaking. Yeah, that's definitely true. James, yeah, I mean, yeah, and we were a couple whiskeys in too, so it's perfect. Oh, yeah. It was like, damn, we're dang, like we're getting like into it here and we that's what we're, we've been looking for the whole time and so it was really cool we had tons of messages after james's episode of people just like wow i'm not the only person that's feeling that way issues, yeah and he touched a lot on like payments he touched touched a lot yeah. on cash flow you know so if anybody you know that was that was a great episode i will say and I, his is interesting too because you know a lot of people see the social media and they see all that and he 
touches on that he's like yeah it's it's not as easy or as great as it might seem online and it's there and so it was really cool to hear him um just have that um vulnerability of just telling it like it is it's not easy it's not all great this this sucks right now and uh and there are so times that, that was, do suck yeah definitely. Oh, you're gonna have haters man i mean you're gonna always have that that's the unfortunate thing with exposing yeah. yourself and like we talked about earlier yep wanting to build something for yourself and you know Absolutely. i got buddies that come up to me sometimes they're like dude like i, I love what you say but like really you're putting yourself out there right now and i'm like i don't yeah, care. care i don't who cares that's that's what it's for you learn yeah vulnerability. You know, I, I, yeah brandon some, something i've been doing that's been helping me with that is uh luke and i'll record with whoever it is or just him and i I don't even listen back to the podcast. Like it's to me, it's just a conversation. If somebody doesn't like something I said, it's like, well, I, it was just me being myself. It's just yeah. me talking. Like I, it, there should be no issues. And that, that has really helped my, me just be myself and just say what I want to say. And if somebody really has an issue with it, then it's just, it's kind of their, their issue at I that feel. point. I tell people all the time, like, you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly um speaking of uh past guests and stuff i uh, uh forrest gorm was uh yeah um great good friend of mine we talk all the time and uh he him and me are both super into guns so we talk about guns a lot but um <clears throat> absolutely i love the show y'all did with him um and yeah, when he was on with me dude we, we had a blast uh there was about an hour before we shot it and we were talking and I said to him, I said, Hey man, this is my first time actually having someone in the studio doing it. Bear with me. I'm going to be a little tripped up. He's like, you got this dude. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you do this for a living. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me a He's break. A positive guy though. So it, it really helps. I mean, it makes you feel yeah. comfortable, right? When they're, when they're so positive and they're like, dude, whatever, yeah. do your thing. Let's, you know, let's just do yeah. this. Let's do the thing. You know that always helps as well, and it's fun to have those people that you know just to just to shed some of that positivity because that's another thing that isn't really out there anymore. Everyone seems to be very oh, negative. Yeah. yeah, and huge shout out to Forrest. Obviously, we mentioned him earlier too, and he's the man. He he came out to uh, he was in Phoenix um, maybe a couple months ago, and yeah, he just hit me up. He's like, "Hey man, like, do you want to go grab a beer or something?" I'm like done and got to finally meet up in person you know we've done podcasts we call each other all the time and it was really cool just to meet him in person and just like a humble dude that's doing a great thing providing for his family adding value to the industry like you can't do it all and i think we're all figuring that out as we're running our own businesses like you can't do everything so what can we do that has like the most amount of value and you know for us and for me i don't pretend to be a dozer operator like that's like I'm a digital marketing guy. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. But I also have enough respect to know that, Hey, I'm going to learn some of this stuff. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to go out in the field. I'm not scared to do any of that, but I'm also staying in my lane and like, okay, I'm going to ask you questions about this because I don't know enough about it, but this is my lane that I can like add as much value as possible. And so Forrest, I mean, he, he's been just a dude and him and I go, go back now over a year and it's just been cool to see his growth uh and his team and his business and what he's doing for the industry yeah yeah for for something i got taught a long time ago when i was in the military is is 
just to to master your craft, you have to watch other craft, and yeah. you have to learn a little bit of everything. Um, there were times when I was in, you know, I'm working on a truck, or I was in the kitchen peeling potatoes, or you know, I was working on radios and stuff, and guys went to school for this stuff, but I had to learn it. I mean, because there's times when you might have to de- deal with it, and it's, uh, yep. I think the thing that I've learned a lot in business is business, no matter what you do, whether it's working in construction or being in real estate or uh, social media or doing what you do in marketing, it's it all ties together. At the end of the day, you have to provide for your family. You have to um, sell a good product. You have to deliver on your product, and you have to ensure that you have good business habits. And the hardest thing for me that I had a problem with is I'm ex, you know, I, I was a squad leader at my highest level when I was in. I had 12 soldiers under me. And I'm used to the mentality of, hey, we have a mission. We have to get this done. And I had guys that were there that were going to do that job no matter what it took to get it done because that's what we did. We were a team. We were a family. So I tried to build that culture in my company. Unfortunately, most people don't think that way. (laughs) And so I've over the years I've tried to implement that in the company and guys will get on me all the time. Some of my managers that work for me, I'll go, why are you going so easy on them? I'm like, you don't think you did the same thing when you were an operator or you were a laborer? I did the same damn thing. I know I did. And so I try to pass that on. Whereas a lot of guys want to just drop the hammer and it's like, Hey, give the guy a chance. You know, if you show him that, Hey, there's another way to do something or, how to be a better man or just a better person. Um, you know, if you shake a man's hand, look him in the eye and say, you're going to do something, just do it. You know? Um, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of guys out there that they feel the need to be something they're not. And it's like, just be you, man. People are going to respect you for just being yourself. I had to learn that. You know, I got out. I was like, I gotta be the macho tough guy. I gotta, I gotta walk around like a chip on my shoulder because I served in the military. Everybody always needed some beer. I was like, no, doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. No. I'm, I do think on like an owner side, you do have to have a certain level of push mm-hmm. with your guys, though, right? You get you got to have some accountability to where if you do really, if you do just coddle them and you're like, hey, it's okay if you make a mistake, not a big deal. Let's learn from it. There's got to be some repercussions and there's got to be some yeah, urgency, I mean, right? And I, I I used to think that I'm like, nope, my guys can't do wrong. You know, we'll learn, we'll figure it out. Now I'm kind of like, okay. There has to be some accountability. There has to be some, you know, sense of urgency. And if that is not there, I do not want you on my team. Yeah, uh, and I'll touch on that too because um, I've talked this with many people. But there's this line in the sand where you know you can be too friendly, and I and I feel like I struggle with this sometimes. Where I like I just want to be friends with everybody. I'm very positive. Like that's just my outlook on life doesn't mean I need to be mean to people, but I do need to draw a line in the sand of like, we're, you know, we're here to work. We're here to do business. We're here to add value this way. And there has to be, like Luke said, you know, repercussions if something isn't being met or if we have um, standards and they're, you're hitting below the standards, something has to happen. Like there has to be consequences. So um, I've been going down that journey as well, uh, Luke, of just like figuring out, okay, well, 
we're not just pretending like this isn't going to happen here. Like there has to be some sort of repercussions for what's going on. I take it back to like our football days where our Flint always used to say, I'm <laughs> yeah. not yelling at you. You're doing something wrong. And we would get yelled at all the time. And you thought he hated you, but it's, yeah, it's but... almost, we need that back. Like, Hey, if you're not yelling at me, I should be when worried. I, when I, fr- yeah, when I first absolutely. started operating uh, 15 years ago, if your superintendent wasn't coming out once a day and ripping the door open and screaming at you about something, you weren't doing your job. And uh, yep. if they didn't say nothing to you, yeah, you had to worry because they're, they're, the next yeah. day your phone was going to ring and, oh, it's a little too wet out here. Well, it didn't rain last night. Oh, it's just a little too wet out here. Don't need you out here. Yeah, too wet. Yeah, you just stay on home today. Home yeah. today. No, I'll yep. call you when I need you. Two weeks goes by and your phone's yep. not ringing. Yep. But, you Correct. know, if – the other thing we got to look at too, though, is this generation is completely freaking different than any other generation in history. And it's the same thing kind of as like World War II. World War II and World War One. those generations grew up. Yeah, like my grandmother, <laughs> she literally was born when the horse and buggy was around still. And she lived, it was yep. my great grandmother. Yep. She lived long enough to watch a man on the moon. And that was her lifetime. So... Yeah, I get it. When we were born, I don't I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I was born like VCRs had just come out and all that stuff and Blu ray was new and yep. you know, all that stuff's come out since. But when I first started running equipment, there was no such thing as GPS. The highway guys had it, but it cost two hundred thousand dollars per machine to just have it on one machine. Yeah. Whereas now you can Correct. go buy a base and rover for fifteen grand. And if you want to buy one used, you can get it for mm-hmm. five. So, yeah, it's crazy how different the technology is now versus when we were coming up. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I'm shocked now when a guy calls me and he's like, "Hey, man, you guys got any dozer positions open?" I'm like, "Yeah." And the first question, it's not what is you know what type of machines are you running? It's what kind of GPS do you guys run? And it's like, uh, Topcom. And they're like, "Oh." Well, I never run Topcon. I only run Tremble. And I'm like, okay, can you still can you, run, you. Can you read stakes? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, you know how to read stakes, right? <laughs> no. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, they used to just get in the dozer and tell me to they'd set it up and all I did was just press the press the auto buttons and all I do is I was push. Like, okay, man. Well what are you looking for in pay? And they tell me the pay and it's just like some astronomical number that like what you pay a Finnish guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, Senecola's hiring. What? Yeah, yeah, Senecola's hiring. And I just hang up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not right now. Thanks, thanks so much. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, but I've had to, like, sit back, though, and start thinking, like, I'm not going to have much more choices here anymore. You know, I, I listen to Aaron Witt and those guys talk all the time, and they, they, they have a lot of insight. They deal with a lot of these huge companies, so they can really they're, – they're learning yeah. from really, really smart guys that – I've been in this business a long yep. time. So I try to listen to them because, yeah, I get it. I'm a smaller company, and I'm still up and coming, and I have a lot of experience, but there's still things that, like, I have to think about. I'm not coming up with the generation I came up with. When I came in, you better know had a you had a level in your cab, you had a tenth ruler in your cab, and one of those expandable ones. And you'd set your level yep. off, the, off the hub, and you'd sh- shoot your sh- – shoot your grade that way and if you couldn't do it that way you wasn't going to nope. be working very long and if you couldn't get it nope. within a tent 100%. on a track loader on a dozer on a excavator 
you weren't going to work very long. So, no, you got promoted <laughs> to shovel duty. You're going to get on an off road promoted. for the rest of your life. Yes. <laughs> and if you can't dump in the right spot, you're going to the water truck. But uh, yes, I think the hardest thing for me though is is like I'm learning. I'm having to learn to have to accept that as a way of thinking now. And I know I sound old, and I'm really not. That's the saddest part. And, no, you don't sound old. You don't sound old at all. And it's smart. like I sat down with this kid the other day. He come in the office and he was filling out an application. I sat in the conference room with him. And we're talking, and he says, "Well, I've run uh, I've run excavators before." And I said, oh, "Okay, cool. What have you run?" And he starts naming off some machines, and I'm like, "That us." And he goes, "Yeah, I've only run ones with GPS on them, though." I was like, "Okay." All right. Did you run autos all the? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Top time. Were you running autos the whole time? And he's like, "No, no, no. I, I just used it as a reference." I said, "Okay, that's understandable." I said, "Do you want to learn another trick?" And he goes, "What's that?" And I explained the spray paint trick, which I'm sure you already know this one. Yep. Uh, yep. Lukey, this is when you take an excavator boom, and if you want to measure a distance, mm -hmm. you can actually paint a mark on your excavator, and you make the bucket flat on the ground, and when it the boom gets to that level next to what your cut is. That's a real rough reference for you to go. Okay, I'm at my grade. That's a good way to do it. So that's the old school way of doing it. Um, and then you could also get jump out of the cab like me and Luke Payne were talking about. Get a tent ruler out, take the level off of that, and just check your grade. If you got a good dozer hand though, you can be on grade. But um, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's so hard right now to find guys that are. We're in this weird spot where we have a generation gap. There's a whole group of guys that were brought in the, born in the 70s, early 80s that came up the old school way, and they're not wanting to embrace the technology. Then we got a new generation that all they want to do is embrace the technology, but they don't want to learn the old school way of doing it. So it's like we, we're, I'm in this weird spot where I kind of got brought up in both. <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in the middle problem. of it, and I'm kind of going – well, I see your point, but I also see your point. And it's like, well, why can't we just make these guys, uh, you know, yeah, work together? Because I got to the point now yeah. I got to put all my old guys together and all my new guys together. I, I can't have them running on jobs together because mm -hmm. not they just. And, and that yeah. gets tough because then you have to delegate certain jobs, but they can also right. learn from each other too. And if they have to embrace that in order to grow. Yeah. You know, and that, and that might be tough to convey to the older guys because they're, you know, they're probably like, well, I don't need to grow. I'm fucking 65 years old. I don't give a be I'm 65 years old. I don't, I don't care, you know? So. I'm going to make like a, I'm going to make like a Dare donkey going, or something like that. <laughs> 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 oh, dude, this is, I'm going to tell you all guys, this has been a blast tonight. I'm just used to that. I'm sorry. I've been having a blast with you guys tonight. Yeah. Uh, that's good. It's it's a great conversation, and I, I'm glad to you know talk about it because it, it just reinforces like, hey, there is like Aaron always says, there is a huge problem, and we won't know until it's too late. So it is really fun to kind of try to get in the forefront of that. The more people hear, the more people talk about it, they will realize. Luke, what are you seeing on the marketing end of the group of individuals that you guys are kind of seeing coming forth to get into the business? How what age range would you say they are? 
Yeah, the really cool thing is, uh, and what I've realized is I don't ever want to beg somebody to work with us because at the end of the day, it's their business. They can do whatever they want. And so that's a really cool sales process that I have. It's just like, yeah, here's what we do. If you want it, great. If not, I'm not going to lose any sleep. And the age group that we've seen the most of, I'd say it's, you know, 28 years old to even 45, I'd say that's kind of our core uh, age range. But it's not so much the age, it's like where they're at in their life. So a lot of times we have um, a fourth generation company where the son is taking over and he's 38 and he's like, yeah, I, my dad is stuck in his old ways. Like I really want to clean some things up. Like we don't even have a website and we do $8 million a year. Like this should be just basic things. And I'm like, all right, I see what you're saying. And so it's, but we also have, um, we just launched a new program where we can work with six figure contractors now, which is, you know, very small when you're in the terms of uh, excavation contractors. But what we're seeing is that there's tons of these 20 something year olds that, that want to invest in their business. They want to have a good brand. They want to grow to be uh, three, four, seven million dollar a year company, but they have to start somewhere and they don't want to start in the phone book. And it's like, okay, yeah, they grew up in this generation. They know social media, websites, how this stuff works. So those have been, I guess, our bread and butter of people that already understand what we do. And they just come to us kind of pre-positioned to buy. And they're like, Luke, what does it cost? And how does it work? I kind of lay it out for them. And, you know, as Luke Payne knows, we only do long-term like programs. It's not a quick magic trick, three-month deal. It's like, we want to work with you. You're 28 years old. I still want to be doing business with you and you're 48 and I'm 48. So um, getting guys and gals with that mindset that want to grow together with people, uh, that's been our main, our main point of emphasis and just the people we're working with. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've seen last, I don't know, two, three years is I went from being that six figure company to being that upper echelon number you're talking about and it's it's weird when you go because you know you're so used to being this small company and i notice it every year when we have like a meeting or something i have to bring all the field employees in and i go i don't know if we have that many guys because you don't even think about it you know you're just like (laughs) i can't fit everybody like are these new hires or i can't fit everybody in one room anymore we used to be able to fit in a six by six room all five of us you know (laughs) Things change quick you know, on you. When you're pulling on a job and you see a foreman sitting in a truck, it's like, why aren't you on a piece of equipment anyway? Why are you keeping equipment front and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We got we got real foremans now, not working foremans. It's, so it's weird, like, little yeah. things like that. Like, I, I catch myself sometimes. Like, the other day, I'll go out to a job and guys are setting hubs for blue tops. And I'm like, why isn't three guys doing that? And they're like, well, that's the crew that does that now. Three guys to do that. Yeah, yeah. we got that many jobs going. We need three blue top loaders. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's weird. Like, I catch myself going, you know, like, it's cool, but at the same time, it's fun to see the growth. It scares the crap out of you at the same time because you're like, man, I hope they pay us on time this month. You know, I got to make payroll Friday. You know, it's just, (laughs) this $20,000 payroll bill is going to hurt. But it's a good thing, right? Because if, if, if they're getting paid, they're happy, you want to pay your guys, you want them to be able to 
you know, experience everything that they can. You want to give them the best life. I do. That, that, that's for sure. And we, we're really big on training guys. Uh, we have one guy that just started with us maybe eight months ago and he started the labor and he's already a finished dozer in. And that was starting the old school way. We didn't, we didn't put them on GPS. We, we disconnected the GPS of the machine and was like, yeah, well, you're going to learn the right way to do this. And then learn how. Yeah. But and it's such a skill yeah. to have too, because if you don't have a dozer with a GPS in it, you know, then it becomes yeah, kind of worthless. We had that. I was talking to I don't know if either one of you watched an episode of you know the last one I did with uh, Forrest, you know, six months ago, whatever it was, and <laughs> I'm, that's changing. Don't worry. But uh, I was I was talking to him about. It. I said I can go up to my guys, the good guys at the time I had. This is before we we started ramping up some more. And I was like, I could go out to the job, unplug the car battery off the GPS head, and no machine would stop working. Because my guys have stakes out there, they know what they're doing, and they do the work. The generation yeah. I have now, on some jobs, if I unplug that right now, the phone's going to start ringing and going, I don't know what's going on out here. I'm like, you got plans, right? Yeah. Well, you right. got you got stakes, right? Yeah. I still can't figure this out. So, we're slowly but surely kind of trying to implement the old school stuff like we're throwing them with an old school operator for a couple weeks they learn some things we're putting them on machines that don't run gps so they're kind of forced to learn and good it's helped a lot are you guys kind of doing the same thing with black iron and all that we i'm we sh i mean we, we didn't have gps oh. until this year right we ran a lot without gps until this year but i there's obviously a lot of value in it so that's where everything now will have gps on it yeah. but thankfully you know everyone should know how to run yeah. both now you know that's where we started to here we are and i want it as far as like the production you know the productive side to where we can do jobs a little bit faster and we can save on the labor we can save you know just on you know helping with schedules and help the gc hopefully get done earlier you know so that's that's the main reason that we are switching over to yeah the, the biggest too thing too is you know like you were talking about pushing guys it's really weird how certain jobs you'll have will go super fast you'll do the same exact job six yep. months later it'll take like a month and i've never never right. i've been doing this forever i've been a foreman i've been a superintendent i've been an owner project manager it happens every company does not matter who you are how good you mm -hmm. are it happens you'll do the same exact job in some jobs you'll knock it out of the park six months later take you three times as long to do it i've never understood and there is i mean different instances on yeah. each project right there's there's different we call them we call them left hand or you know uppercuts um you know each job will have their uppercuts and obviously everyone is different so that could play into it but yeah i mean i get what you're saying to where it's the same digging model it's the same process and it takes that so, much longer to do it yeah what are you guys hmm. What are you guys looking forward to the most next year with the with the economy, business, all that stuff? What are you guys forecasting? What do you, you guys see? I'm excited to see – this might be bad to say, but I'm excited to see the companies that don't know what they're doing get a reality check. As bad as that is, if, if you are a company and you are the one that goes into projects, does not know your numbers, does not know the process, that is going to hit you hard. And that is going to that is going to open up opportunity and that is going to help hopefully with, 
you know, we'll call it the labor side of things because they have guys that maybe do have some value to it, but the leadership might be bad to where, yeah, that is bad to say, but yeah, I'm, I'm anxious for the struggles. I'm anxious to see who comes out of it and who really pulls their, pulls their boots up and goes yeah, for these work. These low ball guys are killing everybody. I tell guys all the time, you got these yeah. guys working out of their truck with a skid steer and they're putting insane numbers down on these jobs and you're like i can't even do the truck work for this dude how are you making a dime on this no, job it doesn't even make sense it doesn't even make sense we we just bid one it was a school project we, it was a it was a demolition of an existing school way out in the middle of north dakota um and our bid came in at like 1.3 million and we were we were very aggressive there was three people that bid on it one other company with us we were very very mm-hmm. close to each other the third guy that came in bid that same project for six hundred grand. Oh, and I'm like, that's not even the demolition cost. Our demolition, like, you know, just the just the disposal rate was close to three hundred thousand. And I was like, you have over three hundred thousand. You have six hundred thousand dollars worth of material mm-hmm. on this project. How are you gonna How are you gonna do this? But I'm like, best of luck to you. So it, it's you know it's things like that. I'm like, don't if you don't know what you're doing. Don't do it. Yeah. So, pads, so Luke, bro. is that just a case of? Yes. Yeah. Is that just a case of if he would have gotten that job? I mean, it would have gone up in flames, so, right? So, oh, a hundred percent. That job starts here this this spring so, slash summer. So we'll Luke see. can agree with me on this. This is what the the normal thing that happens. These fly by night guys come into town. You never heard of them, and all of a sudden they're on every street yeah. corner, and you're going, "Who the hell are these guys?" And they blow up real quick yeah. because they got that initial cash flow because they're in with smaller GCs that might pay a little faster. So they grow really super yeah. fast. Then all of a sudden, they're on these mega projects. They're doing the million square foot warehouse pads. They're doing these huge jobs that are multi-million dollar projects. And the real civil contractors are going, who the hell are these guys? And they got nice stuff because they've got maybe they got a backer or whatever. But they're doing the work for so cheap. You can't even pay your payroll. Some of these jobs are doing them for, and no. and then six months later, you hear about them going out of business, or they go, "Well, we're moving to a different market," and you're like, "Yeah, because you've got liens filed and every freaking job you've done, but you can't pay anybody." So, yeah, are those posers and excavators on sale? Cause yeah, they're taking and, and then you see them at the Ritchie <laughs> Brothers six months later. I mean, it's just it's yeah, it, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's it's bad, but I mean, I, I get, I get the hustle. I get wanting to start out. You know, I was probably that guy at one point to where I was a lot cheaper than others, you know, but it's get some education before you do it. That's, that's what I'm excited to see. I, I don't wish the downturn on anybody, but I am excited to see when hard times do really come, who is going to really buckle down and make yeah, it. That's, that's the key. You know, I made it through uh, self-sabotage by several employees. I made it through covid you did too you us three all did it yep. um you know i love it when yep. guys are like work didn't slow down i'm like the hell it did dude and then the craziest thing was down here we, you know people were getting that erc money remember during covid they gave you that money for yep. your payroll yep. guys were not charging yep. payroll to win jobs yeah because they got that money they got yeah the they weren't charging payroll so they're cutting yeah. these jobs in half and i'm going guys what the hell are you doing and like i mean we're in a pre-con one time and like they had the three bidders in there and i said the guy walked out and i literally looked at the other two and said what the hell are y'all doing dude they're like well we got a whole crew sitting at the house right now and we need to keep this 
you know, this work coming in. I'm like, dude, you're doing this job for pennies on the dollar. I'm like, this isn't, why are you doing this? You're just making everybody else money but yourself. I'm like, I'm willing to lose to you by 10 grand. I'm not willing to lose to you by 150 because you don't want to do the right thing. Yeah. No, no. And and that was the thing that got me was I was like, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like, there's no freaking way that this should be legal. Like, I mean, when you got six other bidders that are all within, like we talked about, Luke, like 10 cap. Yep. Um, The other thing I wanted to Stupidity is natural yes. selection. You know, let those people, yeah. and I won't call them right. stupid, but it's natural selection at that point. You you make your own bed. You can deal with your own consequences. That's where I'm Luke, what do you? Yeah, and, and I, I was going to bring this up earlier, actually, about when we were talking about business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, one of the biggest things that I think makes an entrepreneur successful is delayed gratification or consistency. Yep. Um, and that is just continuing to do the same thing uh, the right way, like, abiding by your principles and just having that consistency. Now that I've been in business for three years, not that I would wish it on anyone, but I've seen a lot of agencies and a lot of other people come and go and they get excited and then they drop. And then it's just, just keep going, keep up the consistency. And I think we'll see that a lot with, you know, the, the economy and everything. And with all these new construction companies, there's going to be a lot of companies and guys out there that, will drop off and it's just it kind of is what it is it happens everywhere but uh, especially in this well, industry a lot of people don't have yeah. the, the gonads to as luke would say the stones to yeah the stones to the gonads suck it up and go okay i can't buy a new dozer this year okay i can't go buy that new dodge i want or hey you know i can't give that myself that raise i want I need to make sure the fuel bill is getting paid every month and I need to make sure the tractor payments are being made and my guys are getting paid and we got work. And yeah, we might be getting yep. two or 3% margins on it, but Hey, we're going to keep moving iron, keep moving dirt. And guys got to realize that this, this, there's, it does this, it's in cycles in this business. You're, you're going to, you're up yep. on top one month and the next month you're down on the bottom. I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. You know, right now you got to ride the highs and the lows and you got to be right now. There's, more. 50 jobs yeah. a week going out for bid down here in the Metroplex. I mean, you know, six months, might be five. Who knows? We got to wait and see. You know, it's just yep. my 2023 prediction is you're going to see, like you kind of said, Luke, and Luke, is you're going to see what men are made of. Are you going to go to that level that you need to mentally to get through the tough times? Because that's what makes an entrepreneur. That's what makes a business owner is – sitting there and sucking it up and yeah you want to scream you want to cuss and you want to punch holes in the wall and do all that ain't gonna do nothing you're better off picking up the phone calling someone you trust more than anything and saying hey brother i need to talk or your old lady or whoever it is and talking it out and i have a great group of people that i get to call they don't do this they don't they're not in this business they're not they're not even business owners, but they're family, they're friends, they're people have known me since I was a little kid. You guys have a special thing, man. That's awesome that you guys are doing a podcast together and you grew up together. That is really badass, by the way. So hometown buddies. When yeah. I see that, it's like, dude, one day, you know, I would love to be able to have one of my buddies doing a show with me like that. It, it would be awesome. Where one of the guys I deployed with, you know, there's tons of guys that they know who they are. If they're listening, they know who they are. Yep. And uh, it's 
it's awesome to see that you have that resource there that you have someone to call and talk to because that's something that's not talked about much in this business is we're not supposed to talk about our feelings in construction. We're supposed to be we're construction workers. We're tough. And I've learned over the years that, hey, you should talk about your feelings because, you know, you can't let it all just sit in there. If you do, it's going it, to, it's like a poison. It'll, it'll, it'll really whittle away at you as a man and as a human being and make you into something that you go, who is this guy? Like you talked about, Luke, when you first started in business, I wouldn't say no to anybody when I first started in business. I wanted work. I wanted work. I was hungry. I was eager. I was willing to do anything. Now I get a contract and I go, what do we miss? Terrible. Yep. I think that way. Yeah. I go, that was easy to win that yep. job. What do we miss? They didn't ask us for, yep. they didn't ask us for a credit on anything. So what happened? Then they send you the scope and you're missing three things in the scope and you're like, I'm not doing that. They're like, well, we're not going to give you the job. I'm like, give it yep. to somebody else. I just don't care anymore because at the end of the day, I'm not going to go through the headache. I'm not going to go through the struggle. I'm not going to sit there and justify this to my people that, hey, we didn't make any money on this job because they decided they wanted to add it to the scope or they decided that they wanted to just go with us and they knew that we missed something, but they still sent it to us. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem is greed. And greed is the root of all this. And that's what needs to change. It needs to be – there needs to be a system in place that – is a check and balance between the whole system, the bank to the owner, the developer to the general contractor to the subcontractor to the supplier. And if we can figure that out, we're Americans, bro. We put man on the moon, dude. You're telling me we can't figure construction out? Come on, guys. Absolutely. And that's what that's what kills me, man. It's like, dude, just just do the right thing here. It's not hard to be a good person, dude. Like, explain to me. How you can get an 18-year-old kid to raise his right hand, go fight in some foreign freaking land, have no one around him watching him, but he'll pull post all day long. But you can't get an 18-year-old kid to get on a bulldozer and cut grade. I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, that's the discipline. I'm like, no, that's mental. That's, yeah. that's, ju- that's just yeah, being a good agree. person. That's just like going, hey, man, if I do a good job for this, I'm helping build this company. And in turn, they're going to reward me for that. And they're going to give me a raise. And they're going to teach mm-hmm. me more things. And they're going to make me more valuable. But that's where the, the generational gap is. So, sometimes, I will say. I'll, I'll fight back on that. Not all companies are like that. No. The yeah, good, the ones, good are. ones are. But yeah, the good ones are. On the opposite end, what we just touched on is that should never be expected. Yeah. That, is, that is the job you are mm-hmm. hired to do. Right? Exactly. It's, it's obviously nice, and it's obviously a perk. But like you said, Luke, not all companies do that, which is fine, right? If, if I'm paying yeah. you a certain amount of dollars to do this job for me, you should not expect to be like, well, since I did this job, I'm going to get rewarded beyond what I'm paid. Right, exactly. Like that should, that's the entitlement that we're talking about. Right. You should yep, never 100%. expect to just get that next level, next step up. And then I think what we're seeing is, you know, companies that do reward their people that don't ask for that. That's like the best scenario. It's just yep. you get those good guys that are in. They're 18 years old. They're doing what they are paid to do. And, and you're like, yeah, I'm getting getting you a company truck. I'm getting you a fuel card. They're like, wow, I didn't expect this. Like, exactly. That's why you're getting it. Correct. Correct. They deserved it. They put the time and they put the effort. Yeah. In, and then they went above and beyond of what they were asked to go. I'm here. I want to learn more. I want to become more valuable. Right. So. Yeah, I think the uh, the thing that I'm finding the most is with my guys is um, 
you know, a lot of guys, especially with being the holidays right now, they asked me, they're like, so um, are we taking any time off? And I'm like, man, we're going to have a three-day weekend for Christmas and a three-day weekend for New Year's. And a lot of them were like, man, a lot of the companies that work there, they want to work Christmas Eve, they want to work day after Christmas. I'm like, dude, you're allowed to have time for your family. And it's 100%. the little things that will separate a company, too, like you guys are kind of talking about. Um, the littlest thing you don't think about that I do, that a lot of people shake their heads at me and think I'm crazy for. I give my guys Saturdays off. I don't make my guys. Yeah, we don't work Saturday. We, yeah, we hardly I, work Saturday. I think that's, if somebody wants I think that's more of a, you know, our generation thing because I had to work Saturdays. I mm-hmm. hated it. And it was like, it was wasted. Yep. You got out there, you get on the job by 7 o'clock. Yeah, okay, great. Lunchtime comes around, and then two hours later, you're going home. So that last two hours, nobody's really working anyways. They're just waiting for the clock to hit two so they can get off the clock and go home. Mm-hmm. And your superintendent busy. wasn't out there. He's like, yeah, I'll be out there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll swing by at about 10 o'clock in the morning in his Bahama mama sipping on some whiskey. And then he's right back at yeah, the house because he's making sure that if they check the tracker, it's showing he went to the job site. The yeah. Job that he was there, but, yeah. Like, you know, it's like. Dude, why even waste the time? I'm spending more on diesel and payroll and overtime, and my guys could be at the house, and they're not really getting any work done. So take it to the house. Correct. Now, we get three days of rain and one, you know, Monday through Wednesday. Hey, guys, love y'all. We got work Saturday. You guys sat at the house for three days. Yeah, we got to get, yeah. get some stuff done. But when my guys willingly come up to me and go, hey, boss, I just want to let you know we're going to work Saturday, I go, bet. You guys want to work? Work. Yeah. Perfect. That's, that's because yeah. they realize, hey, this needs to get done. And when you got guys that are willing to say that, like, hey, I need to get this done, that tells you right then and there what kind of guys you got working for. Yeah, definitely. What, uh, what is, hmm, let's see, what do we want to talk about now? Um, what are you guys' biggest concerns with the automation that's coming out with machines? Because you guys can scream up on that. I'm not concerned. Pretty much, I'm I'm not concerned with that at all. I I see it as an opportunity to make people's jobs easier, right? And I don't think it's going to replace people because one, you can't find enough people. So why would we not try to adapt? That's how I I, I agree. Um, you know, look at Walmart. They had to go to automated tellers, and people were posting about it all the time. And yep. they're like, you know, they didn't want to do that. They did it because they didn't have a choice. They couldn't get people to come to work. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yep. you know, 100%. I, and it's it's the same. I'm sure situation. you guys remember a couple of years ago, right before COVID, you'd go to Walmart. There'd be like two checkouts open, you know, and there'd be 500 people in line. And you're like, yeah. dude, well, I'm like, how am I, you know? And then they tried that. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna wait a 45 <laughs> minute. And then they tried that whole the scanner was in the cart thing and you'd scan your stuff and you could pay with the cart and then they realized people were stealing the crap out of them. But at least, you know, at the self-checkout, they got a person standing there. They got cameras over everything. Yeah, they're catching everything now. But, you know, it's like, it's it's crazy when people ask me that. They're like, so are you having a hard time getting guys? And I'm like, not really having a hard time getting guys. I'm having a hard time getting the right attitude. Uh, I can get guys. Yep. But yeah. I can't get guys with the right attitude. If I could find guys with the right attitude, yeah. I could do really well in this, you know, deal. But when you're constantly fighting to get employees, or you're competing against 16 other companies that are offering way more crap than you can offer, it's it's really hard. And so you got to think about your bottom mm-hmm. line. And Luke, are you having that same issue in the marketing sector, man? Like, is it is it hard to find good guys to come to work? 
for the marketing industry or so first thing i'll touch on is um back to the walmart thing uh it's all about production and luke touched on this too it's like if you put in front of me that i can save yeah x amount of dollars on my bottom line and everything's going to be the same if not a little better absolutely let's try that out like no issues with that um as far as us hiring um complete opposite which it's you know sometimes i feel bad but then i get over myself it's like we've we've had zero issues ever hiring because we everyone can be 100 percent remote uh, we've built up our brand since day one so we're on all channels we show people what we do um, but at the end of the day we give people opportunities and options uh, a lot of our our team they have other contracts and they have other jobs and other wishes but i give them an opportunity to be an entrepreneur while working with phaser and so they really love that and so that takes out they don't have to be working with us but they want to be working with us and that just gives that much more ownership uh, and i put a lot on them and i give them a lot of responsibility um, i've almost 100 percent removed myself from the internal day-to-day -day operations of the business which has been huge and i'm a hundred percent owner still so having that trust in our team and that um, you know, that leadership internally on our team has been huge, but, uh, no, we've never had any issue, but I attest some of that to our brand building that we've been doing, but then also just the industry. I mean, it's way different than construction and it's, you know, fortunately and unfortunately it's, it's kind of just the new wave of being able to work from your phone. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is awesome. You know, I, I, uh, during COVID, I had my guys working from home, like my estimators and PMs and my field guys are still out in the field. But, yeah, you know, it was weird when we got went back to the office and we got a new office and we walked in and all the guys were sitting there working and they were like, dude, I feel like I get more done sitting at home. And I said, what do you mean? And they're like, well, there's less distractions. The work phone's not ringing. You know, the only person that would call me was guys internally because they didn't have the office number. So everything was being done more through email and stuff. So it wasn't, they could get more work done. Like, especially the estimating side, you know how it is. You, you're trying to get as many bids. Yeah, you're pretty focused. And you're trying to get yep. as many bids out as you can because we all know you bid 10 to 15 jobs, you might win three. I mean, it's just, it is the way it is in this yep. business. So when you're trying to get 30 bids out a month, 30 to 40 bids out a month, you need two guys that are just concentrating on that because you don't want to win that job yep. that you're going, oh God, why'd we, why'd we bid this job? So mm. that's the hardest thing is the, the office side of it's not that bad, but the problem that I ran that I've seen with T is you can't ever really truly step away in construction as an owner. You can't, you can't. Yep. I mean, we went to Montana for five days couple months ago for my brother's wedding my brother's a professor up there at montana state and we went up there and i'm living on skype with my guys like i was on zoom calls every yep. day i was on the phone i was checking my email and you know i'm supposed to be in his wedding <laughs> we're sitting at the altar and i'm on my phone working <laughs> yeah. my brother's like dude can't you take a break i'm like bro you don't I can't. I, can't. I, I don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've got seven jobs running. But I will tell you, it was nice. It did rain finally one day. I think it was like two or three days before we came home. It rained so hard we couldn't there work. So it was like Love amazing. That. My phone didn't ring. No one was bugging me. It was like awesome. You yeah. get to enjoy and it. So, yeah. yeah, you had the one GC call or something, you know, like, hey, dude, can you get your draw in or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get that done. And so 
But I mean, if you put out that you're going out of town, they still don't care. A lot of these people, they'll still call you. They're, I mean, like they got no respect, man. It's it's crazy. They're like, oh, Tom's money, Tom's money. I'm like, dude, I know for a fact you were in Mexico last week. I didn't bug you once, dude. So what is <laughs> just because I'm yeah. a subcontractor, I'm not allowed to have a break, take a knee too. So correct. Yeah. I think I think that is the hardest thing about our job is is dealing with the society thought of us is like. Oh, these guys are, have no lives. All they do is work. Blah blah blah. And it's like, yep. no, I'm a human being just like you, dude. I, I got, I, yep. I got two dogs. Time. I got a rabbit, and I got a a cat, man. You know, and I got a couple Harleys I play with. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's my thing. But uh, the best, you know, it's it's especially when you got kids. Like I don't have kids yet, but you know, I I tip my hat to people that are entrepreneurs. My mom and my dad are both entrepreneurs. I don't know about y'all's, but. I was brought up with that. Yep. I think that's why I became an entrepreneur is I was brought up in that spirit. I watched my parents do it. And they both had smaller businesses, though, so they could take a lot more free time to themselves. And um, I went on the construction, and I was like, well, you know, this is just a phase. I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. And then somehow I think it just it happened. I just got – I fell in love with it. I caught the drug, they call it, and it's yep. in my veins now. I don't want – it's like ice – water running through my veins i don't want to stop it and there's days such a fun industry it is really addictive too there's days though you just like you don't want to get out of bed you don't want to deal with anything and then there's other days where you're just pumped as crap driving to work and i think that's anything though nowadays unfortunately yeah i agree and yep i've never met such a great group of guys though like i across the country dude i've met so many badass people now dude it's like it's so cool to talk to guys from all over the country about this business because everybody goes through the same stuff. It's just, yeah, you're dealing with different type of material. You're different, different kind of contracts and stuff. But at the same time, it's just, you're still dealing with the same kind of guy. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at yep. anywhere in the country. It's the same kind of guy. It's a guy that just wants to provide for his family. Yep. And, and, yep. and they want yeah, to create something for others. Good business, you know? And yep. what are you guys looking with the podcast next year you got any special guests coming up we've got some we've got some good plans as far as the podcast but then just some business development we've got luke and i gotta have our our annual meeting we'll call it here coming up here probably after christmas time and new year's time um but we really kind of want to double down on the education side of things i feel like there's a really good space on how again we can provide value to people and hopefully you know give some value and they can retain it off of what we're what are what are what are some topics you're gonna do guys so honestly and i'll I'll touch on this because it it totally depends on we we try and take it as they come so we try and be as current and relevant as possible so i know that has an effect we've got uh, a live webinar coming up in january here and that topic will be totally different than the one that comes up in March because we could be in a, a different spot by then. So uh, we try and look at it and we listen to, to the people listening to the podcast. We say, like, what is going on? What are your issues you're going through? What, what, what would you need to learn? And we filter all that through and we try and bring on the best person that can provide that value for them. So um, and just, yeah, mainly just listening to our audience and being, you know, seeing where they're at and how can we meet them there because if we're talking about if we're just shouting about marketing and nobody cares about it it's like well 
let's talk about something they want to, to learn about. So yeah. there's a lot of situations like that um, that we're trying to hit on. I noticed when I was starting the channel, I was like, if I do a lot of interviews, I'm probably going to get a lot of views, especially you get like a high profile main person or something. And I was like, you know, that's cool and all. And I want to get views for that. But like you guys are talking about, I want people to reach out to me and be like, hey, dude, you know, I'm a small contractor in Missouri or wherever. And I'm having this issue. Yeah. Do you mind talking about it? And I'd be like, sure. And, and that's why I try to have guys on that are smarter than me. Because <laughs> uh, that's something that Elon Musk is all about. A lot of people don't realize that about him. Everybody's like, oh, he's super yeah. smart. I'm like, yeah, but he, he has guys. He, a quote he said was, I didn't go to Harvard, but guys that work for me do. So, yeah, and so 100%. I try to surround myself with people that are smarter than me, always have. It's just who I am. Um, and I try to I try to be a sponge as much as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, sometimes my practice in the way I think everybody's got a faulty mind sometimes, but um, sometimes you don't want to hear what people have to say, but it's honestly the best thing. It's but you the do best anyway. Thing for yep. you. Yeah. Like me, I know my biggest flaw in life is I, I to this day, I still get pretty angry about certain things because I just, I just hate, I think it's, I just hate the way society is in certain aspects, like how it's geared so to a certain degree. Like it's not, it, there's no bend in it. It's you're going to go this way or that's it. Like, and that for me is I'm, I'm that guy that wants to fight back and be like, no, there's so much easier ways to handle this and deal with this. And yep. I love that people are going, no. We're not going to do this anymore, like, especially in construction. Yep. A lot of people are going, I've had enough of this crap. And I hear it from the older guys all the time. They're like, man, you guys are like the toughest generation about stuff. I'm like, you got to think, man. We came up during a two wars, a recession, watched our families lose everything. Some of us did, you know, and you expect us not to have a chip on our shoulder about certain things. Like, it, it, it is what it is. Yep. Like, you know, we've got to try to rebuild the country to be what it was 50 years ago, but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be a different kind of country, but it needs to be our, our generation is the one that builds it. Like in, instills those next, those values that we were brought up with those core values. And I noticed when you guys yeah. had that one interview, I can't remember his name. Um, the guy that does a lot of talk, what's his name? Um, Diesel and iron. T Brian, oh, Brian, Brian Furness. I was yep. watching his shit. Uh, stuff and he had to set up I saw that it was a pretty cool setup he had but he was talking about how when he was coming up about how it's changed so much even since he's been in it and I know he's been in it a relatively shorter time but yep. what I liked what, about what he was talking about was he was like dude like people these days are just they're geared differently and they are you know you got to appeal to that kind of person and it, unfortunately it seems like it's very difficult in our industry to do that and so mm -hmm. my biggest thing that I want to see, maybe y'all can shed light on it better than I can, is what can we do as an industry to attract the younger crowd even more? Mm -hmm. I think that's a tough one because it's going to be so yeah. – it, it's that that's the struggle with employment right now, right? We, there's not like a right answer. You, that person has to have – an outlook on what he wants to do and whatever that outlook is, he has to go after it, right? To where as business owners and companies, they have to create what 
thereabout, and then people that match up with that, we'll call it personality, have to follow that. I, that's the best way I think I can explain it. Yeah, I'll take a different stab at it. And it goes back to my point of staying in my lane. Um, so what I realize I can do is, uh, so I own a marketing agency that works only with excavation contractors. And most people, they've just never heard of that. It seems ridiculous. Like, why? It's such a weird subset of a subset. Uh, but then they start following our stuff. They realize what these people do and how important it is. And they, you know, listen to what our podcast, what we're talking about. So what I realize is that, you know, I could try and save the world, but I'm not going to get very far. But if I do what I know how to do very well and focus on that and try and reach people that way, uh, it's going to come off a lot better. So uh, just reaching people that way, people that have never even thought about construction, have never gotten their hands dirty, anything like that. I want to show them what we do with these companies. And that is my small little part to help. Uh, but then there's a lot of other ways we can do it. But uh, like Luke said, it, it's a difficult issue to tackle. And it's going to take a lot more of us together to do it. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's going to be a, as an industry as a whole, we have to sit down and go, what do we need to change? What do we need to change as a culture? Or do we need to be more open about it? And when I first came into it, this was not a very open industry. It was, you had to know someone that was in it. And, you know, I remember when I was coming up, they'd always tell me, you know, you see that guy sitting at the rock entrance right now? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, if you don't shape up, he's going to be in your seat tomorrow. And that, that was something that I got brought up that way. And I didn't think nothing of it. And then I get older and I start my company and I go, I can't do that no more. I'm like, Dude's going to be like, all right, bet. He's going to get off the tractor and leave, and he's never coming back. And, you know, it, yeah. it's it's a different kind of motivation now. You have to you have to change the way you think about that. You have to go, hey, dude, like you kind of talked about, Luke. you got to put pressure, but you got to, like, also at the same time do pressure with baby gloves on. It's like you got to be – got to yeah. find this happy middle almost. It's not like the old days where you just go up there – Take care of what you need to take care of with the guy, you know. Yeah, you might have to rip his yep. butt, but now it's like, yep. hey, dude, you shouldn't do that. But like, hey, I'm gonna have to give you the day off for tomorrow because you know, it is what it is. And then they go, what? Well, I don't understand. Yep. And it's like, well, because this is a punishable offense. You you sign an employee handbook, you know, or whatever the case might be. Like an old guy would be just like, yeah, I get that screwed up. I'm sorry, my bad, no big deal. You know, I'll set up at the house, and at the end of it, and you'll never hear about it again. That guy will be like, I can't yeah. believe they did that. Man, I'm going to badmouth these dudes. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, like, dude, stop yeah. wearing your feelings on your sleeve, man. <laughs> you got to it up a little bit. It's destruction, dude. Correct. And Absolutely. That, that, for me, is what I think is, like, the, the hardest thing is, is when I listen to guys talk about that, they're always like, yeah, we got to, you know, appeal to this crowd. I'm like, I think in the, in the same – aspect though we gotta we gotta find a little bit of the old school and bring that into them a little bit too though it's not, it can't be just one way it's got to be yep. both you gotta show them what this industry was built on why it is the way it is and why people think mm -hmm. the way they do right. and if you can kind of get the middle if you can mix the two i think it end up being really cool but definitely a yeah, lot definitely. easier said than brandon i don't want 
I don't want to cut you short here. I apologize. My phone's going off. There's like five inches of snow that we have on the ground, and they're calling us <laughs> yeah, out. Man. So I, 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 I apologize, but I might have to get going here. So oh, I'm you're sorry, good, man. man. Just keep me up, up to date. Um, what I wanted to talk about real quick, and then I'll try to get you guys out of here in the next 20 yep. minutes if that's good with y'all. Say we'll cut out of here at 8, I guess, for so seven-year time loop. Sure. Um, yeah. What is uh, what are what are you guys um, biggest goals for your actual businesses? Um, I know we were talking more about the podcast, but what what's something you guys want to do for your businesses next year? My biggest, the biggest thing that I want with my businesses are to be self sufficient. I want them to run like clockwork. I want our guys to be the best that they can. So that when people hear our name, you know, whatever name it is, they're like, those guys are awesome. They know who we are, where we are. They know who we are when you walk into, some, you know, a place. I, I want to set a new standard on how to get the work done, right? I want people to wish that they could have the guys that we have, wish that they could have the outcome that we have. Um, just, just a seamless, flawless system. I, I obviously have money goals. Everybody's got money goals. But I want to really double down and focus on our systems. I want to, I want to have goals set in place for all of my guys, to where they tell me where they want to be in life, and then we figure out how to achieve all that. That's yeah. probably the simplest form. For me, definitely have our revenue goals. Um, I'll be uh, one of my goals. Actually, a separate goal that I can talk about is um, we've got speaking gigs lined up, and my kind of first real one to kick it off is at con expo. So um, the goal is to roll that business out and to make money speaking uh, after con expo and really excited for that. Uh, also launching my book um, in early spring here. So that'll be the digital dirt world excited for that, but um, going to probably one of my goals is to write um, a second book, you know, after, after that one comes out by the end of the year. So just a couple things like that. And then, you know, like Luke mentioned, we've got some revenue goals in place, but um, when it comes down to it, you know, we want to get, we're working with about 23 excavation companies around the country. We want to get that up to about 47, uh, which is very doable with our systems we have in place and yeah. more so just to add more value to the industry. And so that's why we, we put that goal in place. That's awesome guys. I mean, that that's really, I mean, that's awesome goals. Like, my goal is next year to use Lou Gehrig Bogdan to do my SEO services and website services. <laughs> Shout uh, out. Definitely, man. I've checked out y'all's work. You do incredible stuff. And, uh, Thank you. Unfortunately, in the, it's not in the budget right at the moment, but we're working on that. Um, the other thing I'd love to do is is uh, definitely, uh, like Luke was just talking about, is we're, we're already kind of gotten our foot in that right direction already. Uh, the best as everyone in sitting here knows the best reference is uh you know a personal reference from someone and telling another person hey you know your dude guys are awesome so yep. you know that's the best business in the world when a guy calls you and he goes hey man you know yeah. um i'm blah 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 but you work for blah 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 oh yeah well we heard great things about you we'd love to have you bid this job and uh so it, it's that's the best reference you can ever have but at the same time you know you want to you want to grow that spectrum out you want to be seen and that's the biggest reason i saw that what you do as well and you guys are big on it too in the marketing 
is something that I kind of figured out when I was working for a very large earthwork contractor is wrap everything. Put your logo on everything. Yeah. If it, I don't care if it's a roller, put your put your dang logo on it. And we wrap every one of our machines. And uh, I get calls all the time. Man, I see you guys over here. Man, I see you guys over there. You know, you guys are blowing up. And funny thing is, they don't realize we move the same tractor like three times in one week or something. But you know, yeah, they don't yeah, even know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they're like, man, you got all these tractors. It's like, yeah, I keep thinking that. We'll, we'll keep like, it's like, yeah, we just moved that three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got But uh. <laughs> so true though. <laughs> but um I definitely want to double our business. Um not next year, but within the next three years I wanna double it. Um you know, trying to double every year is super hard and it eats your cash flow. A lot of people don't realize yep. that when you're building a company, especially a smaller company, if you wanna grow, you have to grow naturally. You cannot just continue right. to double up. Like you can't take every job that is thrown at you. You have to be like, nah dude, I can't get to this one. Because all you, you gotta have, you, you gotta have the cash flow to float the job, because you know you're gonna take forever getting paid, yep. and then on top of it, you've gotta be able to cover all those jobs. You've gotta have the machines, you've gotta have the supervision and the fuel and all that. And so, you know, I figured out our our happy medium right now is about ten jobs going at once. That's that's yep. about as big as we need to be right at the moment. Um, we need to add a lot more people if we want to double that. I mean, you're talking a complete. Sure second literally double up your field staff and and then on top of that you're going to have to add probably another estimator to a project manager with that as well because you can't throw more than about seven eight jobs on one guy man that's just too much tracking and yeah it's it's too much so the other thing though is i want to see next year i want to see what you guys i hope we sit down this time next year and go did we hit our goals (laughs) i think that would be fun yeah um, yeah. you know, and I, and I wish you guys nothing but the best and I hope you guys keep kicking butt, man. And, uh, dude, well, and really enjoyed talking to you guys. And, you know, I wish we had a little more time. Yeah. Um, I know you got to go plow. Yeah. I, I, again, I apologize. I didn't think they were going to call us out. This oh, it's all good, dude. Usually it's a little late. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually plow Sorry. snow for UPS. They call me, but it, you know, it happens like once a year. So we'll go to plow for UPS. There you go. Yeah. Right. There you go. It's really funny because we don't have it just stand by like you guys up north. We have to go to a job site and throw it on the haul truck. You know, the guy's like, well, the yeah, job yeah. site's all mud. I'm like, I don't care. Get it out. We got to get it out somehow. We got to find us guys. Yeah. So um, in, in closing, um, what are uh, what are some future guys you guys got coming on the podcast? You guys have a look. We haven't yet. I, I don't even think we planned that far yet. We just kind of zero. Yeah. So, so we, we, we do that on purpose though. You know, like we mentioned, we, we want to keep it fresh. We want to keep it relevant. So Luke and I will get together usually two weeks before we'll say, what are we thinking? What are we feeling? What do we want to do? And I think that has attributed to our, the podcast success is that we're keeping it relevant. We're keeping it fresh. We're listening to what people want. For sure. I definitely want to get a few of the guys you guys have had on uh, on my show. I'm definitely going to try and reach out to a few of them. Um, but um, I'm going to throw the links for you guys on the YouTube video um, for your website and for the show, definitely in the YouTube channel. So um, awesome. it's been a pleasure having you guys on, man, and le- re- really for looking forward to seeing what you guys do and keep kicking butt on the podcast and your businesses, man. I wish you all nothing but the best, man. Hey, same appreciate you, it, Brandon. Appreciate, appreciate you guys. It. Y'all be good, all right?
Yeah, see you, man.